everybody hi it's back to another rad years podcast um how is everyone doing that it's just is in the house right away oh my damn oh hi ish welcome to the show <laughs> uh the old no ish is always gonna be on board on time um so a couple things happened since the last show squeezer Oh, uh, I saw Doctor Strange, and Chantress and I saw Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Yeah, I kept coming into your office to ask you how it was, and then I got distracted by something else. So, how how was it? Way better than I thought it would be. I really, really? enjoyed it, and I popped in the theater multiple Ooh. times. Like, like Pee Wee Herman, or like Stone Cold's coming out. Like Stone Cold's coming out. Like oh, uh, good, you good. heard me popping for Pee Wee, like laughing, giggling when I watched the Christmas special. Is that what you're referring to? No, I meant like how he popped in a theater. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Like, like, uh, like, a, I would say Road Warriors pop, but I'll give it Stone Cold pop. Gotcha. Okay. When, uh, when there are a few things, I won't spoil anything on here. For anybody, Thank you. But it's, yeah, God damn, is it fucking awesome? Like there's scenes in there that you just didn't think it, it when when uh, when Iron Man came out fucking back in 2008. I I guess you didn't know any of this would happen in the Avengers. You're like, oh, that's cool. But what you see here, and I mean, everyone knows Professor X is in it from the trailer. But sure. man, the way they show him is fucking like 1993 dream come true. Real wait, he's animated like the Fox series. No, but it looks exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, and let me give, can I give a little spoiler? No, no. Okay. I'm going to try to go uh, maybe maybe Friday. Or are, are you just want to go now because I'm hyping I, you up? I, Were you going to go before? Kind, kind, I was going to go this coming weekend because I was gone all this weekend and I'm working you know, nights this week. So it's been, I might go Saturday night if possible. So. Oh, man. It was, it was, uh, I'll just say this. It caused me to Friday morning. It caused me to buy the soundtrack, the score on vinyl from Mondo today. Ah, uh, see, maybe if I had it, I'm good. Then it saved me some money not seeing it over the weekend. So, yeah, I, I was. Ah. I guess. I guess that's why you didn't share anything. I would have assumed, um, because it was it went on sale today at at one, and I'm on a spending hiatus. I'd like to point out. But it's not. Re- it's a pre-order that's not released till September. So Enchantress will be fuming tomorrow morning when she hears this. Um, but uh, I, I was like, oh shit, the Doctor Train score is pre-sale nice. for September because it's Mondo. <laughs> yeah, I had to get picky. I just spent like almost like two hundred bucks in the last two weeks on just to stuff because I can't help myself now because you did this to me. So. He's collecting pieces of vinyl, yeah. uh, so it's really good. There's some really cool moments, and um, a, a fun movie, and a good. I, I like the plot a lot, and it kind of, 
Uh, oh shit, it has beaver nuggets for us. Uh, they kind of bait and switch you with the trailer in a really good way. So what you think? Can't is- wait to log those calories. Uh, squeezers. I, I, do you doing, cut them in half? Squeezers doing a squeezer diet. Hey, tell tell everyone what you're doing. I'm just eating healthy, and in moderation. But you're counting. You're doing a calorie counting, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sip, simply uh, limiting the amount of calories I consume, and I exercise. And apparently, you will lose weight. How it much? It works. How much are you down? Uh, it's harebrained scheme. This isn't some uh, snake oil thing I'm selling. Allegedly, it's been tested and proved. What are you down? For reals? Uh, ballpark. Uh, ballpark. Hang on. Carry it at 24. 24 pounds? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm back to where I was just about where I was a year ago after we did that fitness challenge. Mm-hmm. And then this last year, whoo, that, that wagon, that wagon went into the river. I broke an axle, my oxen drowned, and I got dysentery all in one year and packed <laughs> it on. Um, appara- apparently, well, those would all I, cause you to lose weight, I would assume. You would hope, you would think, especially the dysentery. Dysentery, sure. Um, but I guess if I'm I'm there with dysentery and also consuming, uh, like a batch of hot wings every night along with, um. Apparently, because I, I even got like a little scale, because I'm like curious, like what is how much is one ounce of cheese? And apparently, it's a reasonable sized portion when you think about it. Not what I was consuming before. <laughs> um, so, like you know how you can get like one of those big like the I, I would I prefer my mozzarella fresh. I, I eat my cheese with my pinky out. I admit, but sometimes if you're in a rush, you just grab one of the little tubes of it and uh, throw a little basil and olive oil in there and you got yourself a nice little thing. You're not supposed to eat the whole thing in one sitting, apparently. Apparently. Uh, clog you up. That, back you up. That was the problem. Ish is down a buck sixty this year. Good for him. Holy shit, Ish. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations See? to both of you. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where I had to do it now because it... Shit, they said like ten years ago you have to do it now because it's only going to get harder. It's only going to get even more harder. I'm, so. I'm down four, Squeezer. Good for you. It's tough. Um, yeah. Well, you 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 actually have to like work for it. Me, <laughs> I just have to not eat like a monster, and it just kind of sheds. So. I'm, I'm looking to get to, you know, a reason. What's your What's your goal? Wait, do you have a goal weight? I don't. Like, I have, I would... I don't want to see. I don't want to push myself and like fail, and it, I don't want to make it too easy or too hard. So I'm just being consistent. If I can be under 200 uh, by uh, the end of summer, I think that's more than reasonable. Uh, and then, uh, and what are you five seven? Uh, I'm five eight on my tippy toes. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah. Um, and as, so I get down to there and then, uh, uh, down the, and then 180. And I mean, if I, if I can get in the seventies, the I know I'm supposed to be like the doctor BMI, whatever, like I'm supposed to be like a buck 45 or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, aiming for 165, 170. 
So I got about. Yeah, but I would rather when I get to a point. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Uh, I want to get to a point, and then I would rather, you know, I I got to clean the laundry uh, rack off, like go back into lifting more like I was before. And I'm okay. I'm I'm uh, I've always been a, a bulky boy. Um but like it just I I'm like the I'm like Vader, you know? It's like, "Wow, look at that big man go" kind of thing. Like, you're, you know, I you're can, not you're not doing it for vanity. You're doing it for health. I'm doing it for health. Yeah. Well, and you and know, sometimes, better. you know, I just, you know, it's nice to not have your, you know, jiggle so much you know sometimes and you know what i it's for you guys too i really i just don't want you to have to see my ass crack 24 7 i want my pants to fit at a point to to a point where they actually fit and you guys don't i don't have to bend over and like everything kind of hang out that's my favorite part of my day and that's for you guys you you guys the audience or at work uh both, both i think the audience will agree with me there um no, we like seeing it, Squeezer. Um, I like your whole undies running into your T-shirt gimmick that Jake always talks about. <laughs> yeah, I do try to coordinate so people don't. You hope that people don't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I should really just start wearing like a singlet or like a romper under. Like even if I just get a romper, you don't have to know it's a romper because then a I'll male just wear jeans or shorts. Yeah, but the thing about a male romper is you're gonna have to get just to take a piss. You're gonna have to get completely naked in like the porta john <laughs> and iron pegs. <laughs> Like a five-year-old taking a piss. Like, it's going to have to go down to your, your ankles. And down to my ankles, and I got to, like... And you'll be there all out, like, completely nude to your ankles, pissing or in I a should just go plastic and buy heated all... box that's, like, 400 degrees. I actually feel good, well, probably. Yeah. And when, also, all the places to work at, so now my pants are sitting on, like, a disgusting, you know, public mm, floor. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, or I could just get extra long T-shirts. Like nightgowns, I'll just buy nightgowns. <laughs> no, you, you don't want to look like a weirdo. Just go with the moomoo. Uh, just go with the moomoo. <laughs> I have to show off on Instagram. I got a lot of um, the Billabong Simpsons collection. The current one is a Duff uh, co-brand, which is pretty cool. But I got the first uh, wave, which was King Size Homer. So yes. uh, I've got board shorts and a a, a button-down shirt in the style of like the. Uh, Roosevelt shirts that is are, are, are both the print of Homer's Moo Moo that Enchantress oh, is awesome. going to be very embarrassed to see me walking around Atlantic City in this summer. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. I got a, a t-shirt. Only with... two kinds of guys wear Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the ones that go zap and, uh, and, and fat guys. And big fat party animal. <laughs> big fat party animal. <laughs> yeah, but it's vacation. It's cabana wear, Squeezer. Ah, okay. You don't wear it like during it. I unless it's a t-shirt or a hoodie with no markings on it whatsoever. I don't wear it on my normal day. That is true. Yeah. Like I, I'm very plain. You can't. There's no sponsorship. My hat is my only. Like if you wanted to say what does he like, you'd have to look at my hat. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's the Phillies right now. Um, I got a couple cool Phillies hats. Uh, but they they've been pissing me off on a regular basis. I don't want to talk sports on this show because blah. No. But uh, could I spoil uh, Moon Knight at all? You're not going to watch that, right? I'm going to, but you can spoil it. Like it, it's, eh, it was man. Look, oh, really? It was yeah, like look, I, they just dropped the trailer for Westworld and announced now that it's coming out in June and not the fall. So I have to re-binge three seasons of that. Yeah, to catch up to rewatch it. 
Even though um, I've watched it twice already, but so I'm not gonna get to that until probably like July ish. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Um. I, I don't think you're missing. It's six episodes, and s- two of them are very strange. Actually, all, they're all very strange. But they're all. I didn't read Moon Knight books, so I didn't. I went back and like I read a few of like the Moon Knight like crucial cuts, and I'm like, all right, they're kind of doing the the thing. Like I always Moon Knight. I always saw Moon Knight as like Marvel's attempt to do Batman because that's how it always looked to me, and mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck that, Batman's the best. So I never read Moon Knight, but it, he's very much. He's very different from Batman. <laughs> And the show is, it's okay. It's not great. I, I don't think there'll be any more of it. I think this will be mm-hmm. our once and done Moon Knight. Um, but yeah, it's over uh, and it was good. And uh, mm-hmm. it was very Egyptian. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're into, I don't know. You're more into Roman culture than Egyptian, but. Uh, they, they they cross over. It was all a big melting pot. The the Egyptian stuff's the stuff. I, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with the e- ancient Egypt, and then like medieval times. So it mm-hmm. was all those books and shows you watched in school, like called Pyramid and then Castle. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah. Oh, d- d- you know all that stuff is on Amazon, right? On Prime. I well, I I rented them all off Netflix, like as discs, oh, nice. and ripped them. So I, I have. I, them. I watch all those just boring ass uh, documentaries on Prime, and I love every well, well, second they, of it. Well, they they turn those books, Castle and Pyramid. You know what I'm talking about, right? Hold on. Books. There was Maybe there was a book. They're all the. Hold on, let me see. Kids book Castle. Oh, the ones where it like breaks it down, like yeah. with the. Where it gives it like the the section like David the... McCulley children's books, look David Mac M A C A U L A Y M A McCulley David M A C A U L A Y. There's pyramid. Right. There's castle. I think there was others. Yeah, he did ship. He did not. They're all. They're like the most like checked out books in our library. Oh yeah, I like, got these. Where was the uh, cross section book? There are a couple. Oh, uh, Stephen Biesti. I think is that how it is. Cross sections. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Before. I was obsessed with these. Like, talk about like. Um, I think that's the problem that I have now. Like, this became ultimate bathroom reading. You just sit there and look at, like, the inside of a castle and watch a guy poop inside a castle. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's ca- that's the castle um, show. The, they show the guy pooping. So they made movies out of all these um, books. Uh, mm. And you could get the, like, I got, I rented them all from, uh, um, they're all pe- done by PBS. It was Mill Times, Cathedral. Pyramid, Castle, and Roman City, um, and ca- I, I there like I rented them all from Netflix like twelve years ago when you I, it was still like there was no streaming and you you had Netflix for the discs. Yeah. Oh, and you would just run the uh, run the pirating shop out of your room. Yeah, well, not I, like 
I ran, so I ran, I was working master control at the studio I currently am, and we had a bunch of Macs. There were like original iMacs, and there was a few original Intel Pro Macs, and I was handbraking them. So I'd have, at night, I'd be there till like one in the morning sometimes, like master controlling, and I just, like, Munch, uh, uh, Munch and I, I don't want to implicate him, but Munch, Munch would bring in his discs, <laughs> and I'd, ru- I'd rip everything, like, I'd get like three discs at a time and rip them and send them back. And we just share our, our content. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, you guys are past... Uh, what the hell is that? Fancy law word. Uh, statute of limitations. Statute of limitations, yeah. You're well, well past that. Um, no, because I... What was well, we weren't it? selling so them. Ne- I mean, it was for our own personal collection. Yeah. yeah. It was So it was Netflix, and then Blockbuster had it. What was There was, like, another one that was... Well, Redbox has those. Redbox. They still exist. Yeah. And I like side Wegmans but, and shit, but... But, like, I would get all those, and they'd come to the house, and, like, you could do, like, the three at a time. Yeah, that's how I did it, three at a time. Yeah, so I'd get three at a time. I'd quick handbrake them. Then I would go down the street to the mailbox, like, because our mail came early in the day. So I'd rip them, and then get to the mailbox before like three o'clock, drop in the mailbox for pickup and have them out the same day. Nice. Well, uh, and we now, st- I, now I, somewhere in my box of shit that I moved, I have a big stack, a binder full of DVDs. That I ripped that. I don't have anything to play. Oh, with. I just ripped them as digital files. Oh no, I, 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 I didn't make and burn right. Away. I didn't make DVDs out of them. I just, cause I had, I had a, a Mac mini at home. And I, oh, okay. I remember the Mac Minis came with the remotes, and they had like the whole TV interface on it. Yeah. So I had that plugged into my television. That was when I lived with Tommy. Mm. And um, we had so I, I ripped my whole DVD collection up there, and then like other people would bring in their DVD collections, and I'd rip them for them, and I got to keep the movies I didn't have. <laughs> so it was fun. I still have them all in this this iMac here. I still have Castle. I could probably pull it up. What was I? Uh, Game of Thrones broke me. I tried. Uh, yeah, the the TV it show. Too, it was too. It was too many discs. There's a lot of discs, and it's a, it's you gotta like you gotta have you gotta take some Adderall before you do that. Yeah, and it, it was yeah. Now it's like that's <laughs> like magic, just magically a TV. Right, magically I, don't, I have all I have all I these on the computer squeezer, but the mm-hmm. funny thing is I don't even fucking watch them. Here it is. Here's Castle. Major funding for this program has been provided by the National <laughs> now you know for you got Humanities. Good to watch. <laughs> Additional funding has been provided by the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, the Jacob and Charlotte Lerman Foundation. Oh, those are good ones. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and by annual financial support from viewers like you. <laughs> it's really the guilt trip laying on you right away. <laughs> Get your tote bag. Unicorn Projects. And then <laughs> And he uses the artwork from the books. Like they animate it. In a very rudimentary fashion. <laughs> Ever since William of Normandy boldly conquered England in 1066, the Norman kings of the realm had sought to solidify their power over all of Britain. They met a particularly brave and stubborn foe in the Welsh, who steadfastly refused to submit to any English monarch. Tapestries and medieval illuminations tell of the line of kings who for more than 200 years tried without success to bring Wales into the English nation. 
They tell many stories of pitch battles and fierce struggle. And they tell of the coming of Edward I, a king of power and vision. Edward saw that the key to victory in hostile Wales... Oh, I'm sucked in already. English oh, yeah. I'm actually listening because, you know, I got my, uh, my Audible account. Which yeah. On March the 27th, I downloaded uh, Powers and Thrones. It's a, actual, it's a history book by Dan Jones yeah. that he reads. And it's all medieval. Like they, It's one of those things like, it's a book about uh, the Middle Ages. But we gotta really start uh, in Rome. And then they move forward and they go into Arabia for a while. And they had a whole chapter on like the the monks and abbeys and religious aspect. And now he finally got the knights. So that's what I drive around listening to is a British guy talking about the Middle Ages. Well, we watched this in sixth grade, I remember. And I was captivated. I was instantly like, oh, my God. And one of the reasons I love that um, Stronghold game so much. And Adrian, who was your friend and then went on to be my friend would stay up all night playing it because we both fucking loved like the crusades and castles and I don't know. Fucking awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, what up? So moon Knight in Egypt, ancient Egypt. That's how we got there. Um, Mick. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a tangent of a show. Yeah. We just, we just took a sharp turn off talking about a show you didn't even watch, but do you, you know, these books, I'm not. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the videos are, are are pretty good too. They're all on. Uh, they're probably all streaming somewhere. You said they're on Amazon or? Oh, I don't know about those in particular. Just in general, like right. that. Style you could get the documentary DVDs show, but... on Amazon for like fifteen bucks each. It looks like, but I'd bet money this shit's on YouTube. Let me. Oh, sure. I watched a whole like hour and a half long show in like Norse sagas. What did I send you that about that guy who built? You watched that, right? The guy who built. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I I proved. You still? I think I saved it. For a um. Yes, they are on. <laughs> they are on. You can watch all of them. Full playlist, David. A Macaulay playlist. You watch Pyramid, Roman City, Cathedral, Castle, Mill Times. Um. The River Bends channel has them all up there. So, Anthony223 on YouTube. So, you could go ahead and watch these for yourself. Uh, you watched the, you watched Alone in the Wilderness, right? I nope, I have not. The, the the Alaskan guy that uh, Richard Oh, I, or whatever. I I saw the movie based on it. Yeah, Wild. Yeah, well like but like no like his videos though. Like No, uh a channelist, right? Was his name? Pernecki? Pernick? Are we talking Pernick? about the one Sean Penn Pernick? directed? That that Eddie Vedder did the Big Hard Son song? Oh no, no, no. This was like a real story. Like the This the was guy, real too. Like, and he ate he accidentally ate mushrooms and died? Or, no, or, or no, potatoes? This is an old, no. Oh. Now, this guy died in ninety nine. He was uh uh or no, he died in two thousand three. He he lived out there from sixty nine to ninety nine. He, he just he took an old he took a camera and filmed himself like just living in Alaska. No, I'm thinking of Into the Wild, which yes, was Into about the Wild. Christopher was about Christopher McCandless, who uh, 
hiked across North America into the Alaskan wilderness in the early 1990s. A lot, a great movie. Uh, and it's a true story. And um, yeah, he, he in, the, in real life he passed away from. Uh, he can he confuses. Uh, plants for for poisonous plants and eats them and dies. Yeah. No, this is, uh, I think it's Prenak, Prenaki. But you look him up online, just look up a guy living in Alaska or whatever, and you'll find it. It's good stuff. But yeah, it was like, you know how, like, Lester Out was doing his thing, where, like, you would go out for, like, a week and, like, film himself doing stuff, and then, have, like, you'd bitch, like, oh, I had to get this shot, so I had to walk back over the hill to get the camera then after I did it. Mm-hmm. This guy did it for 30 years. Hmm. Yeah. And he built everything. It's pretty impressive. And I'm proud of myself because I chopped my own wood that someone cut a tree down in my yard and left for me. Such a bitch. I'm soft. You you are a sweet, sweet soft boy, though. Well, I think... Hey! Sorry. That's not a good thing. <laughs> No, it, sometimes it is a good thing. Oh, okay. Sweet and soft, but sweet. Like a like a morsel. You, I'm your morsel. You are like a a saltwater taffy. You stick to the, the teeth. The kids got me some nonpareils for Easter, and they still sit up there because I can eat like one a week. <laughs> God, they just taunt me. Oh man, because I. <laughs> Because <laughs> my six-year-old got them for me because uh, she goes, she, I know Daddy likes them because his Grammy used to have them out at Easter. Oh, And she's dead. <laughs> so he'll like this. Wow. Like, she had the stress. <laughs> she's morbid like Daddy. <laughs> she, oh, she is so mine, too. It's like, it was basically, she goes, she's dead now, so he can't get them. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's right. Uh, she's right. <laughs> so, uh... Do you want to talk about your trip? Oh, uh, oh, what was there to talk about? Um, if you're going to take a six-year-old and a two-year-old to Washington, D.C. to walk around the mall and see the monuments and the zoo and all that, uh, do it when it's not uh, the worst rain socked in. Well, not the worst, but it was. It would have been a lot more fun if it were dry. Um, zoo was great. Uh, yeah, I took the kids down to D.C. for, the, you know. I was excited because I was finally going to get to go see the uh, uh, fossil exhibit because the last time I went was like five years ago, and it was closed for renovations. It, it's amazing what they did. Have you ever been to Smithsonian Natural History? Yep. So, And you were in the fossil exhibit where it's basically just brown carpet and it's dark and... I... What are other... Uh, 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 museums there. So there's American history. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the air and space. Mm-hmm. There's the one that's the castle that doesn't have anything in it. Which one has the NASA stuff in it? That's air and space. That's where I was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we our hotel was like right behind that. Okay. Um, which was convenient and uh, I I actually we stay forked up in, the uh, money to park in the hotel lot, which was so worth it because it had in and out. Okay. Which was good because the rain. We like, always, I, otherwise, I would have paid and left the car because it's a walking city. Yeah. 
I actually drove the kids five minutes across the mall to the museum and dropped them off. You should have drove the car back, parked, and then walked over myself. You should have got uh, scooters. They have them there, right? Still. Oh, they were everywhere. Yeah. She's like, "Can I get on the scooter? Can I get on the scooter?" Yeah, they're fun. No. Um, uh, we usually stay in Crystal City, not far from the Pentagon, I believe. We walked to the, okay because she runs the Marine Corps Marathon, and it starts at the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And it ends in Arlington Cemetery by the Iwo Jima uh, statue. Yeah, it's like Roslyn. Yes. Yeah. And we stay in Crystal City at uh, the gotcha. hotel with the glass. No, we were literally off. Like, if you looked at our window, you could see the Air and Space Museum right behind it. Yeah, okay. Um, it, it, it's great hotel. Oh, it, was, it just made it so easy. Enchantress. Yeah, and Enchantress worked in D.C. Her mom Worked in D.C. in the Navy. They lived in Virginia, you know. Uh, yeah. b- before they- I have family in... Uh... So she knows D.C. very well. I, don't, yeah. I, I know it. I was there for the Holocaust Museum and high school and um, mm-hmm. wasn't back until we went for the first Marine Corps. So I was down there twice since yeah. for the Marine Corps. Marathon. I love it. It's my favorite place to just kind of wander around because it's, it's easy. It's that, that Lafayette guy... Uh, or a lot, not Lafayette, a lot of font guy, uh, knew what the hell he was doing laying out a city. Well, I mean, um, Manhattan's laid out well, but Boston isn't. <laughs> no, oh my God, Boston. Boston's a fucking nightmare. Wow. God yeah. Damn. Um, but, uh, Air and Space is actually closed right now because they're renovating. And are they? Like, I thought, like, they said they were only going to be closed for six months to do some renovations mm-hmm. and just, like, kind of spruce things up. There's like sky cranes there. They're remodeling the entire place. Hmm. So, uh, we're not going to go back in six months. Trust me. Uh, but the fossil exhibit now. Oh, so you were there in the last like three or four years then? We were there right before COVID, yes. Okay, so it opened right before then. So, when you were there, it was all like bright and shiny and white, and you can, there was lights on dinosaur bones and you could see them. Uh, I really don't know. Yeah, I think it closed in 2018. What, there in space? No, no, uh, the fossil exhibit. Oh, I don't know. We didn't see any fossils, I don't think. What are we talking about? Oh, you you didn't go to natural history. No, we were air in space. (laughs) Air in space. Um, Yeah, well, even then it was, like, dated. So now they're updating it. The fossil exhibit, everything was, like, dark and dingy. Like, it, it felt like... This is a uh, museum. These are bones. You will learn about things from looking at that. And it was very just, it was dated. Now it's like very interactive. It's bright. Like all the dinosaurs are posed. Like the, the T-Rex is taking a big bite out of a triceratops. Um, uh, the Allosaurus looks terrifying. I, I still love that they kept the sloth because I was afraid like, you know, when you see the bones of a giant sloth, it is massive. It's huge. Well, I'll be damned. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. But all the six-year-old wanted to do was ride the elevator. So we rode the elevator. <laughs> That's fun. A lot. Well, yeah. in honor of that, you get to start this week's episode with your first retro arcade pick. This is our second arcade show. Squeeze, you want to rattle off what we talked about in our first one? Oh, shit. Yes, I do. 
Uh, and I think it's important to talk about what happened on the last show, which was episode 80 of the podcast. You don't have it on uh, the front of you, do you? Which was um, uh, arcades were rad. And the first pick was Revolution X. Yes. Uh, that was good, wasn't it? That was... Uh, just, you had no idea. I had to get quick, grab my phone and was, get my text. That was good. Uh, Altered Beast. That was Mortal yours. Mortal Kombat 2. Mine. Skee-Ball. Yours. Whack, whack-a-mole. Mine. Jeffrey's favorite game, uh, my dad. Ooh, yes. a good uh, one. Afterburner. Yep. Uh, you talked about uh, our favorite uh, spaceport. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the T2 Pinball Machine. Right. Uh, Simpsons Arcade, which I realized I just talked about uh, two weeks ago. But and, I, uh, I talked about it this that time. Yeah, but you talked about it, so it's uh, fair. And yeah, also, each, we got to take was, from each of us. It's been like four years. Do you believe that? I I cannot believe that. The, yeah. th- that was one. The arcade one was one of our first shows we did when we started doing these remote shows, like when you were at your house and me at my house. Oh, thank God. Who thought? The... Even I was like, no, I like doing it in person. I we can't. We can't do we'd be like rushing out the door now, like we'd be done already. Right. Like, remember we remember when we did them at like eight thirty in the morning before work. Awful, awful. Yeah, that was uh, not a good idea. And then Arkanoid, still one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, okay. So, um, but now we uh, start with Mister Squeezer and Arcade yes. too. And 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 we should warn you: a lot of my games are just random sounds or music that's generic and you might not know and so then we're gonna play it a bit you're gonna fade out you're gonna go what's this and then i tell you that's our shtick and if you are a fan of the show you're aware that's what we do and here is squeezer's first retro arcade game What's this? Oh, you don't know this? This is the soundtrack to Double Dragon. 500 points in Double Dragon? No way! (laughs) I only played DD on fucking Nintendo. I actually never played the arcade. Oh, really? Uh, I think it was better there. I probably played it more on... uh... More on a Genesis. lot of my picks you'll find I started off on like Commodore 64 um, and then later realized oh these are arcade games yeah well you could have played it there because it's the rad year so we love listing things let me rattle off all the systems this was ported to I uh, should get like a the, I, have, I have like tons of uh, money to blow on this show and I haven't so I should just start hiring people because you could do that now like on Fiverr and things Hiring people to make like a jingle, like "Time for another Rad Years List," <laughs> and just play him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember when we we're gonna have uh, our dear friend Mike? Uh... Uh, that's not worth the headache. No, no, it's not. I'd rather pay the sixty-four dollars and. Mm. Um, all right, so here we go. It originally released for arcades in nineteen eighty-seven. And then it got ported to the NES, the Master System, which, uh, and then Atari 2600, Atari 7800, Atari ST, Amiga, 
Amstrad CPC Commodore 64, which I saw some video uh, of. Uh, Game Boy, Genesis, Atari Lynx. Uh, and then it was uh, remade uh, for the Game Boy Advance uh, years later in 2003. Like, they ported this. If if it could play a game at the time, it got ported to it. Because mm. it made a lot of quarters uh, when it hit. And it was... Uh, it it wasn't look it was it wasn't like the first of the side scrolling uh beat 'em up game right but it was the first as far as people care it was the first side scrolling beat 'em up game like it was the one that that stuck it was the one that hit and it was the one that mattered um also before that it was like you'd beat the level and it would kind of shift you and move you over this is what they would ca- they called like a belt drive uh belt scroll where it kind of moved you moved with it so it felt like one more continuous level it felt bigger uh than just going from like station to station right uh you can, and of course it's double dragon so in the arcade system you can play two player uh is this like the first and, huge beat em up yeah it was it was the first like real beat em up and and it's hard because people are like oh double dragon and then they list a bunch of other games that are just like but this was the one this what is what made all the other beat em up side scrollers possible um from everything from uh like turtles and simpsons to even like river city ransom uh and uh trying to think what else uh but yeah it it, it set the standard and like like oh this is how we this is a new this is a new style game that will work because people love it uh the reviews weren't necessarily like the fondest like it got mixed the arcade did better but um the the fan reception like people lined up to play this game because it was something that was different um, and it looked really cool. You had cutscenes, like there's a story to it. Um, there there's awkward upskirts right off the bat, and they kidnap your girlfriend. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, yeah, nothing like starting off a video game. Nothing says 1987 more uh, than punching a woman in the gut, throwing her over your shoulder, and walking away, going ha ha ha. Now. Two boys have to come save her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've come a long way. We, I mean, I would agree to that. Hold on, I'm gonna yeah. say <coughs> not too far. Bless you. Ah, good height. Oh, they made a movie out of it. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I think I did. <laughs> I think I. Now you say that, maybe I did, but um. Yeah, it it was just it's a fun game because there's like some first of all it's well made like the control it's not like a clunky even though it does slow down at times because it used every every little bit of power it could out of that board and out of that system, um, especially on two player and when there's multiple enemies on the best was weapons you had weapons you had baseball bats and. What what they call when I was doing my reading, they called them like whips. I always thought they were steel chains. I always thought that uh, made more sense. That yeah, was a chain. No, yeah, sure. Um, and 
Yeah, you can grab weapons from enemies and beat them up. I never got far. I was terrible in the arcade. I'm easily distracted. Okay. Uh, and I need to like commit time to a game. So I've, I've. That's never why I liked arcade. Close to beating any game in an arcade setting. Well, no, neither have I. But that's why I like arcades because I had like game ADD, and you put in a quarter, you play till your quarter's over, and you might play a second one, but then you're done. I yeah, I don't think I've ever put like a third quarter in a game. No. Until like it became mandatory in like 1998. Unless like, you oh, insert four quarters, I'm like fuck you. Dragon's World, and you wanted to see Princess Daphne like flash her butt a few more times. That's the only oh. time because that game eight quarters. Dragon's mm. Lair. I don't think I played it. The, the Don Bluth game. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I actually ever played it in person. Oh yeah, yeah. Daphne has like a little number on a thong and uh she's constantly like oh there's just going up you know what are you gonna do there and uh you know when you're fucking 10 12 years old you're like yeah we'll, we'll see how many more times we can see that <laughs> trying to be uh, uh crass or anything but you know that's just how looking it, something up quick it's the way she goes uh, I, I I forgot about this. Mention it. Do you remember when? Because uh, Ish had asked, uh, "Do they put winners don't use drugs?" They did that on a lot of on uh, um, screens. I remember now. Like I I didn't even occur to me. I'm like that would have been a good pick, Ish. Good pick. Or the winners don't. Well, fuck Ish. We could have had a third episode. Yeah. And now you're ruining it. Thanks. Now now <laughs> now thanks to Ish, you're never gonna get your third arcade episode because we're gonna be out of picks. <sighs> we'll just by the time by the time we bring it up, we'll forget that he said yeah. that, and we'll forget that. <laughs> and he said it. We're gonna be so proud of ourselves. Right. Hey, like, remember look what that? we remembered, you stupid dolts. And then and then I'm gonna be going through episode after episode trying to find because I remember we talked about this. Remember the winners don't do drugs thing. Mm. Fuck. Mm. And I'm gonna try to find some audio that made sense with it. And then you won't. Uh, and I would never find it. And then. Ish would get on and point out that it was something he said three years ago. Mm-hmm. Assuming, and I don't, I mean, no disrespect that you're still listening to us three years from now, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you just, oh, and yes, talk yourself I, down a rabbit hole? I, I can't, yeah, that was, that was a dark, that, that was a long one. Ooh, thanks. Give me that rope. Uh, but yes, uh, Double Dragon was a huge success. It was game of the year. Um, it was the highest selling game, uh, even like quarter wise. Uh, it 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 made a fortune, and it really did uh, like set a precedent of like what was capable, and like cre- it did it created a genre. And it, it, I think it, I don't want to give it all the credit, but like the modern arcade, like where things. Like you, you, that it was like that transitional kind of game where you like your classic arcade, right. like your uh, you know, uh, Arkanoid and uh, Space Invaders and stuff like that, and Pac Man, and now you have Double Dragon, and it was like the the changing the guard kind of thing. It was like you had your golden era, 
And then there was this time in the 80s, which is like your new generation. And now the Attitude Era is here. And the Attitude Era is going to be a bunch of copycats. And you'll you'll put your quarters just because you know the characters. Yep. The two biggest, I would say. The two biggest, I would say, were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and X-Men. Oh yeah, uh, uh, like of the be- like beat of the, em up clones. Of the like, not, clones. Not, I don't want to say clones because that's just because they had their own style. The the uh, consoles, like Genesis and Super Nintendo suffered, mm-hmm. and I I, you, I say suffer now, but when I was a kid, I lived for these games because they were fucking easy. Like like the beat em ups were like all, like fucking uh, 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 maximum carnage, the tick, yeah, uh, fuck turtles in time. There were so many good. Uh, Turtles take Manhattan. There's so many fucking good beat em ups. All right, got any more? No, I'm good. And it, it's weird because it's like a dying. It's it's. No, they're 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 back with arcade. They're they're there, but it, it's kind of like niche, or it's like hey, it's a fun beat em up game. But they're not they're not a staple. There there is a time where this became like oh shit, this is we need to make these games because this is what people play. Sure. And also, like you said, with like X Men, once you had the power to process being able to put four players on screen, that's four times the quarters you would get versus six, a single player. Six game. players, Squeezer. Sorry, they had Yeesh. they had six player X Men cabinets, two CRTs, and one of them would uh, I, like eventually dim more than the other. <laughs> All right, here is my first pick. I am talking about Tapper Squeezer by Midway and Bally, released in 1983, September of 1983. Um, Obviously, it was made in America because it's about a guy slinging Budweiser. So I watched this video, and I learned that everything I learned in the video uh, was just, he got it from Wikipedia, but he he presented it in a a good way. (laughs) But he, hey, uh, yeah, he pictures that's how too. TV's made. Yeah. So I first played this game. We had a Commodore 64C, like a white keyboard. And my dad's boss gave him his old Commodore 64, which was like the original, like tan with the brown buttons. And it had a cartridge slot in the side. And with it, he gave us his games too. And with it came Tapper. That's how we got Tapper. Hmm. Yeah, Johnny liked Tapper. Could you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Sure. There's nothing to get. It's funny. Uh, no. We got Tapper. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, yeah. It was root beer Tapper, but we got Tapper. That was my first time. We played Tapper. My brother and I played Tapper. We talked about it in the show. Uh, the guy, because they t- changed it to root beer Tapper, and it, it was shaking Mountain Dew. And we had like a whole song, and the man is shaking the dude. And my brother and I would sing it, and we'd fucking love playing Tapper. We played Tapper non-stop i remember sunday mornings my parents making like sticky buns with and like cinnamon rolls and like i was just downstairs playing tapper and eating them and uh like i remember i have vivid memories of, of that of booting up tapper because it was a cartridge you had to boot it on the c64 differently than you would like a, a floppy disk 
So that that was my first memory of Tapper. Years later, I was in this arcade thing. It was before it was like I was in high school and it was before like retro ar- arcades. It was still like arcades were still existing but they were dying out. And there was an original Tapper machine that was the Budweiser machine. And I was like, "Holy shit, this was like beer Tapper, Budweiser." And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I, I realized it was an arcade game. Uh, but it was developed by Marvin Glass and Associates. Um, they were... They, is that an advertising? Uh, they were a toy design and toys. engineering firm based in Chicago. Uh, they did Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Lightbrights, Ants in the Pants, Mousetrap, oh, wow. Operation, Simon, Body Language, The Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle. Like, anything you see in Toy Story was done by these fucking guys. Gotcha. <laughs> and the designer came up with... Uh, um, Scott Morrison came up with the the game, and he based uh, the Tapper uh, guy, uh, whose name is Domino Man Squeezer, on his the guy who taught him art, Mike Ferris. Now, Domino Man was the first game these guys came out with, Bally and Midway. Um, and it's it's a strange game, but there's a lot of similarities you'll see. So the guy setting the domino, he's just setting dominoes, and people are walking through, and you have to present prevent people from walking through it and like move the dominoes because they knock the dominoes over. And there's a bully that just walks through that you can't get away from, and there's like a, 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 a killer bee that like chases you that you could swat them away with dominoes. Um, and it, and he runs just like Tapper run, like Domino Man runs in Tapper. Uh, and it's the same guy. So do, the the name of the bartender in Tapper is Domino Man, not Tapper. Huh. Unlike, what but he you, is a Tapper. Like it's his title. Yeah, unlike what you hear in Wreck It Ralph, which I love that scene in Wreck It Ralph when he's like Wreck It Ralph is in the bar crying to Domino Man. He calls him Tapper. And he goes, mm. and someone goes, "Hey, can I get a root beer?" And he quick goes, and it shows the arcade, and he he fills it up and slides it down, and then it cuts back. Record Ralph, such a great game. I, I'm sorry, movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they decided to make uh, Tapper, and it was originally sponsored by Anheuser Busch and featured the Budweiser motif, and it was intended to be sold at bars. So the cabinets looked exactly like a bar. Where they had like brass like like settings to put your beer on, and there was like a, a brass footrest, uh, like drink holders and footrest. Ooh, fancy! And the early controllers actually had actual real Budweiser beer tap handles, but I guess they would like be too heavy and break because there was like a spring load method. So like when you pulled it down and like spring back up, you know what I mean? I I yeah the the, the center of the joystick. So you yeah, and it would like snap. So they replaced it with uh, plastic versions with the Budweiser logo on them. That's all I ever played. Um, mm. The game blew up so popular that they wanted to put it in arcades, but realized they couldn't put this fucking beer game in arcades. So they had them rebrand it as Root Beer Tapper in 1984, uh, so they wouldn't be advertising alcohol to minors. And that was the game that went to all the home systems, not Budweiser Tapper. A root beer tapper. Yeah, I, honestly, the Budweiser tapper is kind of like news to me. Like, I don't recall playing Budweiser tapper. You know? Oh, um, I played it at bar. It's at Barcade. And, um, it's at uh, it's at the back to the arcade, I think, in the South Mall too. 
Oh, really? Yeah. But in our lunchroom, in the Mortal Kombat arcade one-up cabinet, there's it's only root beer tapper squeezer. Ah, uh, I'll, I'll you know what? I'll play it tomorrow. I didn't. Uh, I'm you know on my break. My uh, no, it's in there to play whenever squeezer. Oh, I oh I know. For. So there's four levels. There's the west. I, I like a, a, a certain someone likes to take pictures of me when I was I was playing Rampage. He's like. Hey. And like he's gonna get me in trouble. I'm like, the guy you're sending this to put it in here to play. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Paperboy controls are a little touchy. I have never played Paperboy on there. I know. We gotta play each other in Mortal Kombat and stuff yeah, That'd be things. fun. All right. Um a Wawa West Saloon with Cowboys. Uh the sports bar, uh the sports tailgate with athletes. There's a punk rock bar with punk rockers, and then there's finally the outer space scene. Where the aliens drink fucking Budweiser in space. Huh. And it's all branded with Budweiser. And like the scenes where this man shaking the Mountain Dew is shaking up a Budweiser. Um, and it plays the Budweiser theme at the time. Um, so. Uh, fun game. I love this game. I actually got Enchantress into it. We play, we, I have the same Mortal Kombat machine at home. And mm. uh, I have to bring it back upstairs. We moved it down to put the Christmas tree up, and uh, I have to move it back upstairs. So you know our, our living room looks even more ridiculous. It's got a big buck hunter, <laughs> a big buck hunter RK one up cabinet, a uh, one of the RK one up digital pinball machines, and it'll have a, a Mortal Kombat two arcade one up cabinet. Tapper was ported to Apple two, Atari eight bit family. Atari 5200, Atari 2600, BBC Micro, ColecoVision, Commodore 64, where I played it, the MSX, the ZX Spectrum, IBM PC, which was DOS, and Amstrad CPC. And some of these, like, were, like you could go online and look at these. Like, the Atari one is hysterical. It's fucking great. It still has a Mountain Dew logo in it, though. Mm-hmm. For the shaking up, uh, the ZX Spectrum and Amstrad CPC versions had the Pepsi logo. Um, Computer Gazette called the Commodore 64 version of Tapper one of the most addictive games we've seen lately. Not only fun to play, but immensely challenging, graphically entertaining, and full of action. It is challenging, it's really challenging, and it's uh, very fun. So they, uh, they followed this game up with a game called Timber. So Domino Man reappears in Timber. Um, this was a game where you have to cut down trees and run, and run around. It was not popular. It never made a home console release. But um, it, it was included on some of those Midway Arcade Treasures. Uh, and I have the Arcade Treasures 2, which is for GameCube. And Timber is on that. Um that was from 2004. Uh, that was that was hmm. had APB, Art Rivals, Championship Sprint, Cyberball 27, 2072, Gauntlet 2, Hard Driving, Cosmic Cruisers, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, Narc, Pit Fighter, Primal Rage, Rampage World 2, Tour, Spy Hunter 2, Timber, Total Carnage, Wacko, Wizard of World, Xenophobe, and Zybots. I had a lot of those Midway Treasures for GameCube. Hmm. 
The first one Fucking midway, had 720 degrees, Blaster, Bubbles, Defender, Defender 2, Gauntlet, Joust, Joust 2, Clax, Marble Madness, Paperboy, Rampage, Rampart, Road Blasters, Robotron 2084, Root Beer Tapper, Satan's Hollow, Sinistar, Smash TV, Splat, Spy Hunter, Super Sprint, Tubin, and Vindicators. I remember Smash TV because it was constantly like promoted on fucking uh, WWF. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, couldn't even. I never played it, but I just know it's constantly. I, I played it uh, on an emulator way back, like. Down. Well, I think that I was like... released on NES too. Yes, that it was on an NES emulator that I I played on. That was probably like twenty years ago, but I just know they they it was like sponsored like a pay per view, and back in nineteen ninety, it was all over fucking WWF television. Smash TV. I didn't even think of. I never. I haven't thought of that in probably thirty years. Till just now, Smash TV on WWF. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It was like kind of like American Gladiators or something, or like that that movie with uh, uh, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Running Man, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Here is your next pick. What's this? Don't you know by that rock and roll music? This is Hang On. What's this, like, skitching? Hang on. Uh, it's motorcycle racing. Oh, hang on. Hold on. Let me look it up. Yeah. Yeah, so I honestly didn't even remember the name of it. I was just... Oh, it's like so Rad was, Racer, but, like, motorcycle. Yeah. yeah but is um, it like that game for... Um, uh, Sega, where you hit each other with fucking Ro- weapons. Road rash. Road rash, yeah. Uh, no, yes, but it's just racing. I was made by Sega. Yes. Um, this launched a whole genre and style of game in the arcade. So, and I, I had no idea before when I got into this, like how much was actually written. It, you know, sometimes like, oh yeah, I remember that, and you go to like find info on it and it's like a blurb and it doesn't exist there is so much dedicated to this game because of how groundbreaking it was so it's a motorcycle racing game um uh and it's similar to like uh outrun uh which is a a car a driving game um which i'm sure you've some you've someone's played it in an arcade here, uh, but so I I was trying to think of like I wanted to pick different things for my picks like so I picked something like mechanical and a, a beat 'em up and a shooter and I I didn't want to just do like all fighting games or all shooting games or I'm like well I'll go with like something like with like the, with the gimmick like the motorcycle racing game I'm like oh shit the motorcycle racing game. Where you actually sit on the motorcycle and like throttle it and control it with your body while you're driving. Mm. Not realizing that I had no idea. This game came out in 1985. 
I thought it was much later than that. And it's because it was the first one. Like this was this was it. Uh where all these the, those arcade games where it rocks you back and forth or your body controls it. Uh like like Afterburner. Afterburner is actually a descendant of Hang On, of this game, where they created the cockpit to go with it. So it was developed by Yu Suzuki, mm-hmm. uh, who's a developer with Sega, and someone came to him, and they're like, hey, we want to make a video game. Here is a torsion rod. Make a video game out of this. Hmm. Is this the stand up or the sit down? I saw a stand up arcade. So there there's both. So the original intent was to to build it with the sit down where you, it's like you sit on the physical motorcycle and control it that way. Mm-hmm. And then for sake of sales and money, like say like oh well, you can we still have a racing game that's developed. Let's just throw it in a cabinet with a handlebar so they can put it in like a laundromat. You know, like in in a full size arcade, you would have the big unit with the motorcycle that you could sit on and ride because that's going to get quarters in the machine. Mm-hmm. But since we have the software programmed, why not make it a smaller cabinet that we could sell to smaller places and still make a buck off of it? Right. Uh, but the the big intent was to create this motorcycle, and I guess so. The thing with the, the, the with the torsion bar, the idea was that it would stay upright, and they would use that as your base. It it didn't work out. They ended up using like springs and sensors instead to make it work. I I'm not an engineer, uh, but it worked, and it was a huge hit. Uh, it, it sold out all throughout eighty. They sold um. Seven. Uh, they shipped seven thousand arcade units in uh, nineteen eighty-five. Uh, at in nineteen eighty-five, six thousand seven hundred dollars. That's seventeen thousand dollars today mm-hmm. uh, per unit. And they said uh, on average back in nineteen eighty-five, it was making two hundred and fifty-seven dollars a day. Wow, which is. Uh, almost seven hundred dollars now, and it, hang on, I wanted to do the math. What's... What like one cabinet? Like per yes, per day per cabinet. Oh Jesus Christ! At seven, oh, hang on. So wait, uh, doing math with the red year. So let's just do nineteen eighty-five dollars. So seven thousand units times two hundred fifty-seven dollars. So it was making. Across the board, it would make $1.8 million a year, a day. That's Wait. pretty insane. Yeah, yes, $1.8 million a I trusted day. you. I didn't even check your, your work. That, that was so I, modern... Nor did I ask you to show your work. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's do today. Doing today's math with the red, you're 7,000 times, let's say $650 equals... This game was bringing in four point five million dollars a day in today's money, in today's oh, currency. Damn. That's insane. Uh, now I want to try to figure out how time. Wait, do I divide or multiply? Multiply, right? Times point two five mm-hmm. equals. Wait, is that right? No. This makes sense. That it's less. It should be more. 
This is great radio. Yeah, I'm trying to... Well, great it's a podcast, podcast, not radio. Uh, they can hit the 15-second skip button. I'm trying to figure out how many quarters it is. Oi, so it'd just be times. So uh, let's do today's dollars, because that let's. would be more impressive. Of course. So 7,000 units times $650 a day. Right. That's four times four. That makes sense. Okay. Equals... That that would be the equivalent of putting in eighteen million two hundred thousand quarters a day. That's a lot of those little rappers. That's a lot. Yeah, um, it was a massive hit. It was uh, game of the year. Uh, it was game of the year the following year. It was the top selling game both in eighty six uh, and eighty seven. And it got to the point where they were having trouble even just supplying them because people wanted them so badly because it it was a first. Like, it was it was the only thing there that looked different. Now you go in, and it's almost hard to find just a regular standard stand-up arcade cabinet if, if an arcade even exists. Everything is, there's Cruising USA is right next to Daytona USA, which is right next to Hang On right. 37, um, and a bunch of rail shooters, and... Good luck trying to find a Double Dragon side-scrolling beat-em-up. You know, because people want that little experience. I can play a beat-em-up game on my, uh, you know, on my phone. Mm-hmm. All that matters. But I can't sit on a motorcycle on my phone unless, you know, I'm sitting on a motorcycle playing a motorcycle game on my phone. Touche. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but, yeah, it it it, it kind of launched them into this... Uh, era of making these these big over the top interactive games. So it's like they got the motorcycle thing down, then they went to uh uh, uh what was the driving game? I, I don't said know. Top Gear Outrun Outrun, yeah, Outrun. Mm. Um and then uh Afterburner. And yeah, they just wanted the like kept just building on it until eventually like yeah your arcade is just surrounded by these massive interactive basically game rides um yeah and it also like like uh issues even saying when i heard it it's like oh is that pole position no like they were obsessed with beating pole position uh because pole position had been out at this point and like oh there's our chance to like make a racing game and and one up them, uh, and and not just like the the cabinet style where it's like oh you're sitting on a wooden bench inside a little box that looks like a race car. It's like no, you're actually driving a motorcycle kind of thing. And it was yeah, it was it was groundbreaking for 1985. Yeah, it was huge, huge, huge. Oh, and apparently a uh, fun little thing, there was a a little uproar. It died off pretty quickly. Uh, once I think they realized the money started flowing in, there were concerns about um, in Japan, particularly uh, uh, young ladies playing the game. Oh yeah, because mini skirts were in fashion, and yeah. they were like it was a whole big thing. Fucking Japan. Of uh, even like we can't release this game because. Uh, it is immoral for them to sit on a motorcycle like that and is inappropriate. And then it's like, oh, millions of dollars? 
Okay. We uh we should continue on because we're an hour and twelve minutes and we're only on your oh. second pick. Like no more no more like tangents or roadblocks or anything. No more. Just let's keep keep going. Yep, that's not going to happen at all. I, I beg to differ. I oh, feel geez. like I should interject and talk about the little arcade game Squeeze and I played when we were back, you know, at school. Hi, Squeezer. Hi, everybody. Hi, Rad News family. I've been away. I've been, you know, dealing with some things that I'd rather not talk about on this show because I don't like to get personal. You know that. You know that about me. Are you drinking a seltzer or an alcoholic beverage? It's a seltzer. It's a non-alcoholic seltzer, lunch lady, because I am watching my calories. That's disappointing. I remember I used to tell you those bushes were seltzers, and you said they taste funny and smell like your father. And I said, just drink them down. Don't worry about it. Remember the ring toss game we used to play, Squeezer? I'd take the stale, weak old donuts, and I'd disrobe (laughs) And you'd just toss them, and wherever they landed, I'd let you eat them off of me. It was so erotic. You didn't mind the weak old donuts, and they were hard enough to stick, and I was all ready for the right places. Often the sweat that built up on our bodies would make the glaze drip down and glisten all over me, and catch your little boy mustache in a delightful way. It was so erotic. Oh, please. I didn't have that little boy mustache until like two years ago. You had a little little fuzz. Don't don't sell yourself short, Squeezer. I remember when you went through puberty very well. That's really gross. Uh, you might say gross. I say it was fun. We're talking arcade games and having a good time. I don't know why you have to make it weird. All right. Well, I got to go, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, Squeezer, you don't have to make it weird. Sorry. <laughs> Hang on. I got to log my beer. <laughs> I thought it was a seltzer. Oh, yeah. Sure, it was. I. <laughs> uh, just because I, I'm... Watching my calories doesn't mean I'm using, consuming good calories. Mm. Just gotta prepare. Here's my next. Squeezer. Yeah. I'm talking about the Nintendo Play Choice 10 cabinets. Which uh, gave you an opportunity to play the NES games you didn't have or even had because your kids are stupid at, at the arcade for <laughs> 25 cents at a time. <laughs> so uh, the home consoles were so popular, Nintendo's decided to, Nintendo was starting the business making cards, like playing cards, but they started the video game business making arcade cabinets, Donkey Kong being their most famous. Um, but now they had these huge hits on Nintendo and we're like, how do we make money at the arcades on them? Let's put, uh, 10 games in this cabinet and, uh, let, let the arcade owners decide how much a quarter will buy you. I was average five minutes, but it could be lower. I guess there was even like a a day, like a a timestamp on it. So you could put like from like noon to like four or three, uh, it was 
25 cents got you like five minutes, but after three o'clock to like eight o'clock, it got you like two minutes, you know, peak Ooh, time. Clever. Yeah. So you can get those peak hours. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so, and so like the cool thing was like, it, there's 10 games. And if you, d- you start playing a game and didn't like it, you still have that five minutes. You hit reset, you go back to the main menu and you can pick another game. And, and if you thought this thing just had uh, uh, Nintendo cartridges, which up until uh, a few days ago, I thought it did not. It had cards you had to buy and the companies had to make just for this this cabinet. And there was, I oh, think, so it wasn't even like a direct port? Like no, nah, it was. It, 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 it was it, it, the port was worse than Nintendo. It had less colors. Yeah. So it, the port looked be- the game looks better on Nintendo than it did on this, this arcade cabinet squeezer. It only had 52 Ooh. colors. And a 256 by 240 resolution. It ran one Z80 at four megahertz. Um, the Nintendo games that Nintendo put out were Balloon Fight, Baseball, Doctor Mario, um, uh, but it was a prototype version in some machines called Virus, Duck Hunt, which I don't know how you played. I don't know if any of these had fucking zappers. Excite Bike, Golf, Hogan's Alley, Kung Fu, Mario Brothers, Mario's Open Golf, Metroid, Met- Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Nintendo World Cup, Pro Wrestling, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, Tennis, Volleyball, and Wild Gunman. There had to be a zapper. It had it because you are Hogan's, Ar- Hogan's Alley as There's well. Three, and- three games. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen uh, a zapper. I saw like a bar version. And I saw uh, my sister's orthodontist had a Sega version like this, like a Sega thing like this. Yeah. Oh, uh, our sisters probably went to the same orthodontist. Doctor Fry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that was my the only highlight. Because I would go and get I would get to go play Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, no, who wants to play Echo the Dolphin? But you never played it before, so you'd go there and you play, and you're like, this game sucks. Yeah, it was like in a separate little room, like yeah, around the corner. You go past the desk, and you can. They had like a a a Sega like thing like this where you had all the games. No shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were probably that kid that I was standing behind, going, "This fucking kid, I want to." Probably. He looks like that shit from the Texaco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then uh, a couple third-party companies put him out. 1942, Baseball Stars, Captain Skyhawk, Castlevania, like you saw in The Wizard, Chippendales, Rescue, Rescue Rangers, Contra, Double Dragon, Double Dribble, Fester's Quest, who the fuck would want to play that, Gauntlet, The Goonies, Gradius, Mega Man 3, Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3, Pinbot, Power Blade, Rad Racer, Rad Racer 2, RC Pro-Am, Rockin' Cats, Russian Attack, Rygar, Solar Jetman, Hunt for the Golden Warship, Super C, Tecmo Bowl, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, and Nintendo got really shitty. They made the fronts of these things look like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game, so people would put money and play it there instead of the Konami one. Oh. Yeah. Track and Field, Trojan, and Yo Noid. Yes. The fucking Domino's mascot, the Noid, who had a game made by Capcom that is surprisingly good called Yo Noid because it's made by Capcom. It's actually good. (laughs) That game was on the fucking goddamn Play Choice 10. And if you bought this for Nintendo, the instruction manual had a $1 pizza coupon the back. I remember we rented it. Ooh. And, and I, I, yeah, I played Yo Noid. I rented it. 
It was fun, man. Oh, I can go for a Domino's pizza right now. <laughs> the Noid was the the good guy in this game, and he got pizza as rewards. Mm. I don't know if there's any Domino's branding exactly, aside from the coupon in the back. I can't believe like the fucking Noid had a game. The, the fucking 7-Eleven spots had an arcade game. I mean, I'm sorry, Game Boy game and a Nintendo game. Yeah. Um, it's still better than, uh, like, if you think, like, hey, uh, the Noid from Domino's has his own video game, or we took uh, your favorite uh, time travel franchise, Back to the Future, made a video game out of it. Which one do you think is better? Right. It's the Noid. It's annoyed. I haven't even played it. I'll tell you it's better. So um, there were two monitor versions and single monitor versions. The two monitor versions would have the game select, the gameplay timers, and hints and uh, how to play on one monitor and the game on the other. Um, obviously, you couldn't use NES cartridges. You had to use expansion cards. Um and had each expansion card had to have the eight kilobyte extra ROM on it to display the hints. Uh, and they obviously the uh, the play choice outputs RGB video using a slightly different palette, so the games did not look like the NES games. They were very like mm. uh, dull compared to. Okay. Hmm. Um. But yeah, these were always cool when you saw them. There's still some at some arcades you could play. Uh, but, you know, it was always cool to like, oh, I'm playing Nintendo. I, ha- I have Mario Bros. 3 at home, and it's the same mm-hmm. exact system, but could I have a quarter to play it here? <laughs> I, I, I laugh because it still it reminds me of when my grandparents took my sister and I to the video store, and I rented Disney's Robin Hood to watch at their house. Uh, and tell them how much I love it because I watch it all the time at home and then getting yelled at the entire way back to their house that I wasted the dollar ninety nine or whatever it was because I already have the movie. Man, that's like a, a recovered... That's like some trauma for you. Yeah. Yeah. Live it every day. <laughs> all right, here is your next pick. Oh, oh, God! That was a close one. Wanna go bowling? Maybe you should see a doctor about that cord in your brain. Maybe you should mind your own business. Afternoon, miss. Oh! <laughs> What's this? Um, oh, specifically talking about uh, the coin pusher machines. Mm. So you couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Especially, it, it, they're strategically placed, and they're, it's like kind of, they're a always like gambling right in the middle. For kids, yeah. What's that? It's uh, a gambling for kids. It is gambling for kids. It's gambling for grown-ups. It's gambling to the point where they are illegal in quite a number of states. What? Uh, yeah. Not in Pennsylvania, clearly. No, hell no, not in Pennsylvania. These things are everywhere. It's in Chuck E. Cheese, for God's sakes. All right. Um... But 
Uh, so I, I was looking these things up. And I'm like, yeah, all right. So what were my odds of actually winning uh, on one of these? And, and the answer is not good. And it, it's the perfect, like, especially as time went on, because it would take, like, you know, one quarter or token, if you will. Um, and I, I think they actually became more valuable as the price of games went up. Because... Like, let's just say you're you're on your way out and like, oh, I only got one quarter left. And it's like, all right, well, there's pinball machine there. Oh, there's a double dragon. Or I get, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that you could play for one quarter. Or you could try and win some tickets. Yeah, or you could try to win some tickets. But then it got to the point where... Wait, were those coin pusher machines originally give you extra coins to play games? Or was it always tickets? Uh, I mean, my personal experience was always tickets. Yeah, me too. Um... Like it, it counted whatever the number of coins and the then tokens, translated yeah. into tickets. But it got to the point where games now, like I remember be, being older and like by especially like by high school, even like you know seventh or eighth grade, it's like finding a machine that only takes one quarter was a rarity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it was twenty five cents. Or and then the fucking the the dark days of oh wow this thing takes dollar bills now, um, mm-hmm. so yeah if you had one quarter all right you just pop it in there and a lot of those quarters it adds up so I I was watching a bunch of uh, YouTube videos and people breaking these things down and understanding how it works now I'm like oh it's genius and it makes all the sense in the world. So you look and you're like, that thing is on the cusp of falling over. It's just going to pour over the edge. Any more pressure on that and coins are just going to go falling over the edge. Right. So you put your quarter in or your token. It drops down. You hear it clink, clink, clink. It falls in and then you hear this whooshing sound of all these quarters falling. But you don't see anything. fall. You see like one fall out front and you get like one ticket. It's like, well, but I thought they were all going to fall down. Well, they did, but you just didn't see it. So I watched the video, and the guy broke it down, and he took one apart. <clears throat> underneath, there, underneath like that big stack of quarters that you see that's piled up, there's a V that pushes the quarters out to the sides, like against the outside walls, right? Mm-hmm. On those outside walls, just... There's, like, a little lip, like, J-channel, like you would have on, like, right. the siding, but they're mirrors. And underneath those mirrors are little slots that funnel all the coins or tokens into a separate bucket in the back of the machine that don't get counted, that go directly into the pocket of the arcade. Mm. So when your quarter goes in and it adds more mass to that and it pushes stuff off, and that V, rather than it push them forward, all that weight that's forward and that V pushes everything back into the sides and all that pressure gets relieved and everything just falls back into the side away and that's why you don't get anything. But some people have to win on this, right? Occasionally. Occasionally. It, it's just gonna... It, it happens. But uh, for the most part, like... the It's like a... It's a slot machine. It it is it's a slot machine. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. 
But I, I, you still can't help yourself. You're still gonna go for it, right? And it's fun. It look and and the thing is, it looks cool. It looks good. It's a great centerpiece. It's shiny, and it's mechanical too. It's a nice little break from. Uh, I don't know. Look, video games are a lot of fun, but sometimes like something like a physical challenge, you feel like, oh yeah, I, I can I can do this now. Yeah. So you go for it, and you lose. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to my next uh, arcade extravaganza. And if you listen to the YouTube channel, the music I started with was the Frogger I started with, which was with the C64. It was the first game we got from Best with our original C64 system, the Best Catalog Store Squeezer. Uh, this game was developed by Konami and manufactured by Sega, and North America was, was released in 1981 by Sega Gremlin. Uh, and obviously, it's... You start at the bottom of the road with a frog, and you have to get across traffic and then across the lake to your little home. And there's various, I think it has set a record for the most ways to die, most ways to die for nine. There's the road, the water, the time, the, the sinking turtle, the missing your home, the otter, the snake, the crocodile. There's a lot of them. <laughs> um... It's a fun fucking game too. I have a Frogger uh, arcade one-up machine in my in my office because Frogger was like one of my first arc video games I ever played in my life. Squeezer. It actually, you know what? <laughs> it might be the first video game I ever played in my life. Oh, cool! Yeah. Uh, it it was a huge hit. It, uh, it it was arcades everywhere. It was part of um the Saturday it had one of the first Saturday morning uh, TV shows they did uh, uh, Saturday CBS is Saturday Supercade squeezer in 1983 yeah. pre-us okay. so it was before like Super Mario Bros. Super Show it was mm -hmm. uh, Frogger uh, Donkey Kong with Mario and Pauline Donkey Kong Jr. Qbert uh, and Pitfall Harry. Uh, all, uh, Frogger was very popular. It had a great commercial uh, for the the uh, Atari version of the game. Um, there's so many clones, so many different versions of this game. I can't even. I mean, listing with the Radiers would take forever to list all the versions <laughs> of uh, Frogger that were released on different various consoles. But Frogger was huge and uh Coleco had uh, it's it's most one of its most popular incarnations 
was in the early 80s, mid-80s, Coleco had those standalone mini arcade tabletop games. Yeah. We got one from Manny, the guy who used to run JW Sunoco, which was Arco back in that day. Uh, okay. He got us Pac-Man. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Frogger one was really popular. Um, it was crazy, Frogger. And how popular it was. I, I was watching this. I'm like, oh my God. It, it's got its own TV episode. Uh, Seinfeld in 1998. Uh, uh, George Costanza and Jerry went to their old pizza shop because they heard it was going out of business. And they you know, he orders a slice and a grape soda. And he goes, yeah, that'll, that'll save me. <laughs> he's a real sarcastic pizza owner. <laughs> yeah. And George realizes Frogger, he's got his initials are in there for the top score. Even though you, Frogger is not a game, you could put initials in for the top score. <laughs> that being said, he hires uh, Slippery Pete, one of Kramer's Russian buddies, to put uh, the game in the holes, uh, plug it into the holes in the battery, and uh, to get it home so he can keep his high score because the idea was once you unplugged it, all the high scores were erased, Squeezer. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite sequence. Might be my favorite like visual sequence in a Seinfeld ever. A show that isn't known for its uh, visual set pieces. Correct. Vi- visual set pieces. Thank you. Ho- uh, George uh, trying to walk. It, I almost said Homer. George trying to walk uh, the Frogger cabinet across, across the, street, the street, a la Frogger, and they show the up down view, and then the truck just destroys it. It's you, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Great episode. Love it. Uh, Frogger is also in Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. I just watched the other day. Uh, like he's... It was on at the dental office while my kid was getting her teeth cleaned. Uh, the other good thing about that episode of Seinfeld is Elaine eating the cake from Ed- King Edward the uh, Eighth's wedding to Wallace Simpson that he bought for $29,000. And Elaine eats it. And he's like, do you know what um, cake that old does to the digestive system? <laughs> I guess uh, the wedding was in the early 19 or late 1800s. Um, 1937. So that was sixty year old cake at that time, man. <laughs> wow, that Jesus Christ! That's kind of crazy to think that that wasn't really that long ago from then. No, no. Yeah, I, it seemed like so long when I saw the episode. <laughs> and Jerry's afraid of the lopper, uh, and George uh, Kramer gets the. Caution tape, and he's cautioning everything off. Uh, oh, and uh, uh, Jerry wants to break up with that girl, but because of the lopper, he doesn't. So they plan a weekend trip in Pennsylvania Dutch country. There's a lot of Pennsylvania references. Mm-hmm. Poconos, Redding, um, Bieber bus was in it. Oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, 
Remember, if Happy Days came out today, it would be like 1995. Jesus Christ. Yep. And that's when people like, oh, when when they want to go after the whole nostalgia boom now. It's like, come on, it's been a thing forever. Happy Days, uh, the Wonder Years, all that stemmed from, you know, people our age making shit that we want to remember. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, here is your fourth pick, Squeezer. Blaze it up! Fancy move! O'Neal rejects the shot! Petrovich keeps heating up! Stolen! I know this. He's on fire! Oh. Dresden Petrovich uh, had to leak. give him some... His due there. Uh, this was in the height of basketball's popularity, by the way. Yeah, when I did not, I do not care one iota about basketball now. Um, even then, I didn't care about basketball. I cared about the 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 pop culture phenomenon that was basketball. Uh, back when this came out, and you couldn't walk into our, an arcade and hear. <clears throat> NBA Jam and not want to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, it stood out where everything else is just making noise or there's some music. But when you heard, oh, he's on fire. Oh, here, take my quarters. And it was and so fun. Two on two. And it was all the hottest stars. And they kept yep. updating it. And it was very lifelike. And it was on, on fucking SNES. And it was on Genesis. Man, this game was fucking huge. NBA Jam was huge. Yeah, it, it launched a whole a genre like it, NFL Blitz, uh, NHL Hits. Like, yeah, but none of them were none of them were as game. big as NBA Jam. No, no, not nearly. Even though NHL Hits was more fun to play than uh, like I see. I never liked yeah. NFL Blitz. All my friends did. I was more of a Madden guy. I liked the yeah. When it came when it came to hockey or, or football, yeah, I liked. I preferred. Mad and actually, I even like the NCAA games, but uh, uh, yeah, and, and hits I like hockey just because it simplified it. Once they started adding in like oh, deke controls, use the left stick to deke left, use the right stick to deke right, but you tilt up left. I'm like, all right, I'm out, I'm too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. But NBA Jam was beautiful in its simplicity. Uh, initially, like they didn't want NBA didn't want to do it, like they didn't want to be associated with it. Like, oh, it's too cartoony and silly, and it, it like, we're trying to press pass ourselves off as, like, a legit organization here. Like, it o- almost like you should treat it like a Madden, where it's like, oh, well, you can run plays, and you can call a timeout, and you can draw something up, and no one wants to play that kind of basketball game. Mm-hmm. No, they want to do crazy shit. They want to throw elbows. They want to push each other. They want to do dunks that that go above the backboard and come slamming back down mm-hmm. and that's what nba jam gave you and it, it was the ultimate like head-to-head game that you can play it was and it was a game where it didn't matter like some random kid can come up next to you and you just played with randos it's just fun to play and i was not a basketball fan i didn't know anything about basketball that's the thing even like with Madden 
there is a learning curve, like to play Madden. You have to understand how football works because mm-hmm. you're calling plays. Like you have to get it right. Um, with 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 NBA Jam, it's a it's a video game. It's it it at in its heart, it's a video game. It's an arcade game, and it's meant to be over the top and silly. And it, it it's it's like Street Fighter but with basketball. Right. Um. And yeah, and and it doesn't hurt that the, the soundtrack and then the voiceover, um, Tim Kitzrow, uh, he, he's been with Midway forever, but he was the guy. Boom! He invented Boom Shakalaka. Damn. Yeah, that he that that's like when you when you hear that like. That's the guy that introduced it to basketball. He created that. Like, oh, he's heating up. He's on fire. Like, I I still vividly remember. Like, I, I walk in the door to Lea Valley Mall. I bank a right. I walk in the arcade. NBA Jam was on the right as you walk in. And you just hear it every time. Oh, he's on fire. I'm like, all right. Got to throw a quarter in there to start. Must be on fire. Um... And it was cool because it was two on two. You got to play as the biggest stars, uh, all most of the biggest stars. Um, at this point, uh, Jordan uh, had owned his own image. Uh, he had bought it out from the NBA, so they they could not license him. He would not sell his the rights of himself. So uh, the you Bulls, you got Scottie uh, Pippen and Steve Kerr, uh, Grant. Yeah, well, there's various versions. The one I I think oh. SNES had Steve Kerr. Oh yeah, yeah. So the versions vary. The, I was just looking at the arcade version, um, because then they also took out like uh, Petrovich. They took it because he died in a car crash. Between I remember, I always played as the Spurs because you had David Robinson and Dennis Rodman. Uh let me see if the that was the SNES version. Uh, SNES version. I have. I have a list breaking down because it's the rad years and we list things. Here we go. Uh, the Spurs. Spur- go away, Adobe Flash. I don't need. Ah, go. Hang on. Closing tabs with the rad years. Here, wait. Nope, wrong tab. Oh, here we go. And my next pick is San Antonio Spurs. Um. Right, because I have uh, David Robinson and Sean Elliott. Uh, then the SNES version had, uh, or the Genesis, or, or it might have been the next year. Yeah, uh, the one I played had uh, David, okay. uh, Dennis Rodman. I mean, because yeah, because after this became such a massive success, they just they ported it and released it year after year. Uh, and same thing like Shaq. So Shaq, in between, in between being in NBA Jam. And it being ported to a uh, home console, he went the Jordan route and bought out his own name and likeness and then didn't license it after that. So they had to take Shaq out. And who the hell did you get for Shaq? Uh, Probably Penny Hardaway. Uh, Miami. Orlando Magic. Orlando, or Orlando Magic. Penny Hardaway. Uh, Shaq. It's got scales. Uh, Nick Anderson replaced Shaq. Nick Anderson. Uh, was Penny Hardaway a part of that? Uh, 
Penny Hardaway was added into the Game Boy and Game Gear versions. Ah. Yes, uh, the Sixers had Hersey Hawkins and Jeff. What about all Hornacek. the secret characters? Did you ever unlock those? Uh, like the the amateurs that they like motion capped for it. Like Bill Clinton and uh, the, the Charlotte. No, I, Charlotte no, Hornet I, mascot. No, I don't get that. I I know initially because they used uh they didn't actually use the pros to do like the motion cap and stuff. They had some amateurs and stuff that they get. Oh, speaking of, yeah, that was also uh fun. You had uh. Uh, what the hell's his name? I don't know. Blank and who? The uh, fucking. Give me a description and I'll tell you. Oh, uh, Christian Leitner. That's oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could play as the Timberwolves and you can play as Christian Leitner. Um,. Because that sounded like fun. Honestly, it wasn't until that I forgot that he even played in the NBA after uh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it enough of a shit, but uh, yeah. Who are some of the other Reggie Miller, Shrimp? Probably Carl uh, Malone, Stockton, Charles Barkley, uh, with Barkley the Phoenix Suns. And, uh, yeah, uh, Akeem Olajuwon. I'm thinking uh, with the Houston Rockets, right. Gary Payton with the fucking Sonics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nets were Coleman and Petrovic in the arcade version. Uh, Charlotte, Larry Johnson, Kendall Gill, Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambier. Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant. Spud Webb. Spud Webb. This is... Listing players with the rad years. What's that? I said listing players with the rad years. Listing players. I think it's time to to move on, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. NBA Jam was... Awesome. Still awesome. Here's my next pick. Whoever I got a hold of, it's big. Yes! Excellent. Both had to use a uh, Simpsons <laughs> quote. It's a claw machines I'm talking. Uh, we all know claw machines. They're uh, what I learned is what's called a merchandiser game. Merchandising. Um, so these are classic games, and uh, it's like a claw that goes down and picks up a stuffy. Usually, nine times out of ten, it's a stuffy. Occasionally, it's yeah. other stuff. They're very simple though, and they're rigged up like slot machines. So this is what I read on the internet: a majority of modern machines have an operator adjustable payout rate. This is when the operator can set how much profit they want to make from each prize. Often this is set up based on the prize value. For example, if a prize is worth $5 and the operator chooses to make an extra $5 of profit on top of that, 
the machine needs to pay out after $10 has been inserted. I don't think any of these are set up that generous. It's like a 50 cent stuffy with a $50 payout. Yeah, that would mean like one every other would like grab something. Right. So modern claw machines are fully computerized and are remotely programmed by the owner via a handheld device. Settings and features commonly available include claw strength and aperture, claw movement and speed, pickup strength, primary and secondary strength settings, toy teasing on payout-based machines. When a toy teasing is enabled, the claw will pick up a prize for a set amount of time before dropping it, giving the impression of player that they nearly won. Yeah. Yeah, it's on there. Operator, no way. Operator adjustable payout rate, and that's what we just talked about. Overpay. If a machine pays out over a certain number of prizes in a certain amount of time, then it's set pay up. It will throw up an overcode, preventing anyone from inserting money and prompt them to get an attendant. This eliminates the possibility of people emptying a potentially faulty machine. Oh, my God. Instant free play. When the machine will give the, free, the player a free play if money enough money is inserted. Instant replays, when the player can drop the claw in the exact same position before it is returned to the home position at the cost of one credit. How is this legal? How is gambling legal? Fucking slot machines are set up almost but, the same way. Yeah, but but you know you're gambling. Claw machines are like... You know you're gambling. <laughs> no, but but it's designed to... Slot machines are clearly like you pull a lever right. and Right, this is designed to make you think there's a skill. It's yeah. designed that there's skill involved. Well, here's the legality. The ability of the crane machine owner to set features such as payout percentage raises the question of whether these machines should be considered gambling devices in a legal sense alongside slot machines. In the United States, claw vending machines are typically specif- specifically exempted from statuses which regulate gambling devices, contingent upon compliance with certain rules. In the state of Michigan, for example, this exemption only applies if the wholesale value of the prizes inside is below a certain threshold. If these prizes ah. are actually retrievable by the claw, and if the prizes are actually retrievable by the claw, other states regulate crane machines very little. In addition, some attorneys have advised claw machine owners to avoid using the word skill in the game description decal presented on most machines. In uh, Alberta, Canada, skill cranes are illegal unless the player is allowed to make repeated attempts on a single credit until he or she wins a prize. Wait, how does that? That's Canada for you. Benefit oh, you did a nice try there, eh? Yeah, try again on us until you win. Eventually, they just have to give up. Yeah. <laughs> now you thought they were big in America and like fucking uh, Japan. They're like insane. You could like. You could like skill grab a fucking washing machine. Yeah. See, I had no idea. You blew my mind with the whole like the way it's programmed. Like, mm-hmm. I in my mind, I'm a simpleton, <laughs> and just because visually, like, it's a very mechanical device, I just assume like when they're like, oh yeah, the the it's a loose claw. Like, I picture like some guy in overalls and a tool, like a little tool bag and a screwdriver, like actually loosening the tension on the claw. Mm. So these machines became popular in the United States in the late 80s with significant present at Pizza Hut restaurants. Although they were, uh, you know, other places earlier. Later on... Oh, I remember the one at our Pizza Hut. The machine spread to other venues, and in the early 1990s, the NFL began to advertise their teams with stuffed footballs of each team placed in some of the machines. 
Soon after, the MLB, NBA, and NHL also started to do this, although the NBA has officially withdrawn from advertising and any of these claw machines. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the NBA, they don't agree with the gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. By the mid-1990s, these machines' popularity had made such establishments as Safeway, Fry Supermarkets, Kmart, and Walmart a staple of their locations. Some hotels also acquired them to satisfy their younger guests, as did sports venues that would stuff them with collectibles related to their home teams. Of course, in... Uh, Toy Story, uh, the claw machine with the claw worshiping aliens, made was big piece of pop culture squeezer. Yeah, the claw, claw, claw. Um, uh, I this all came from an article by Phil Edwards, by the way, of Vox. Claw machines are rigged. Here's why it's so hard to grab a stuffed animal. From June third of twenty fifteen. A Vox article. That's where I go to get my. Uh, yeah. He even showed yeah. me. He even shows LCM setup instructions, like where you set. Like he shows it from the uh, uh, the instruction manual. You got a hold of is one. It like, of them. Is it like dip switches, or maybe the older ones were dip switches? I'm sure it's all. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll send you the article, and you can have a yeah. little piece of it. All right. Um, that is. There's still. Sorry, there there is a claw machine at the Coopersburg Diner. With a Bell doll that I want so bad, like Bell from Beauty and the Beast. No, like Bell from the Philadelphia Force softball. Oh, <laughs> the Philadelphia Force. Are the was the Philadelphia Force? Yeah, man. For some reason, the name doesn't sound familiar. But yeah, we did so many of their games. I did their commercials for years. Yeah, I tried. We to- did their. I I fought with their producers not to put tape on our desk. What? Oh yeah, right, right. When I was direct, I was di- I directed, and I had both of them yeah. in my ears. Like, no, we can put on like you put that on there. There's gonna be a big fat bald angry man coming down here yelling at me. Uh, and a, a very stupid big fat bald man. Big stupid fat bald man with horrible coffee breath. Yes. And barely functioning stupidity. Yeah, barely functioning stupidity. Like what happened? Flack jawed yokel. Yeah. How do you explain something to someone that stupid? You can't. He's unreasonable. You can't. Yeah, he's just unreasonable. All you can do is fire him. Your last pick. Oh, God. Sorry, sorry, folks. Sometimes it just feels good to get out. It does. What's this? I have squeezer? anxiety already just listening to that. Sounds like sorry, a rail oh, sorry, shooter sorry. of some sort. I stepped over the gimmick. Go ahead. What's this, Squeezer? Oh, do you want to play it all over again? And you can. I said it sounds like a rail shooter of some sort. Uh, it sounds like a rail shooter of some. It sounds like an overwhelming barrage of dinosaur rail shooters. Mm. Um, Jurassic Park. There's like the 18 versions of this game, right? For what's that? There's like 80 versions of this game, right? Yeah. And then and they actually re- released a newer version in uh, 2015. It was actually pretty badass. And none of them have and, any sort of tie-in to the to the um 
movies like whatsoever. The, uh, well, barely. In a sense, like, barely. Like, this one, like, you went back to the island, and if you read the material, which, who reads the material to the an arcade game, um, it's, you actually have an, uh, an automatic dart gun. So it's not a real gun. You're never, you don't kill a single dinosaur. It's just darts. Even though I'm sure if you shot them with enough of the darts, they, or heart would stop. So you probably gave a couple heart attacks. Um, and then like you go to capture the dinosaurs or something like that. I don't know. It was too overwhelming and I died and ran out of money before I ever got to finish the game. Uh, but it was a rail shooter where you sat in... This was like similar, like I was saying before, where there was a, uh, a new breed of game that was like interactive. You, you shot in what was... You, you, you sat in what was like a recreation, similar like a, a seat on hydraulics that was designed to kind of look like the Explorer from Jurassic Park. And then you had the big screen and hood in front of you, and then the joystick that controlled your gun. And so it was very immersive. It was very immersive, and it was very loud. The speakers were in there. The screen was big. Your seat's moving. And it was a lot to take in. Um, it was... and When I say overwhelming... It's funny, like, I went on Reddit, and I was reading a bunch of articles and just comment sections, and, like, people that are, like, hardcore arcade gamers and people that know this game, like, it's like an inside joke. It's impossible to play this game and not just take damage and pump quarters into it. Right. Because it's just, it's too much. Like, you can't actually respond fast enough. The game gun can't respond fast enough to the amount of enemies you have on screen at a time um and the the beauty of it is they throw they give you everything you want like you know there's games you play it's like oh you you got like you played the very beginning but there's some cool stuff that you might have seen on a on a video or watched a friend beat or saw another kid beat it they were smart in this game where they just gave you everything you wanted right off the bat. They gave you a T-Rex, they gave you raptors, they gave you triceratops. All within like the first two minutes of the game. Uh, and they give you a lot of raptors. Uh, the game starts with a T-Rex chase. And after you tranquilize, air quotes, the T-Rex, well, of course you do because he comes back like 30 times. Right. Then you're driving by and like, Raptors are just kind of falling out of the air at you. Air raptors. Um, yeah. What's that? Air raptors, yes. Air raptors, yes, yes. Scientific. Um, Similar, it, almost like the approach. Do they like, talk like in a... Jurassic Park 3 and say, Alan! <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, this was actually more realistic. Um, oh, man, that was... Man. Um... Whereas, you know, you, you play like a rail shooter or a shooting game and there's a guy and, you know, every now and then you got to shoot that missile that's coming at you. And it's a little stressful. It's like, oh, I got to shoot the missile before I get blown up. Just imagine a hundred missiles coming at you all at once and they're all velociraptors. Mm. Just barraging you. Just raptors fl coming out of the ground, out of the air. It's just, hey, wherever we could throw a raptor at you, throw a raptor at you. It was a lot of fun. It was intense. I'm pretty sure I got my first gray hair at like 11 years old playing this game of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, it was very stressful. My 
there, there's, there's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You actually drive your car up and over the back of a like a brachiosaur, uh, and he like looks at you like, whoa, yeah, that happens. But my favorite part is, and that part of the sound was from this segment where you're driving through the field where the the gallimimus are, and, and you gun them down, of course, too. But all of a sudden, you get attacked by, like, a horde of Triceratops. Like, a thousand Triceratops. And you just unload on just... And they make the weirdest sound, but as you shoot them, they just kind of blow up into the air one at a time. Like, you hit one, and it... Like, almost like the Triceratops steps on a landmine, just goes boom, flying into the air. And as this horde is coming at you, it's just this explosion like a reverse like if you drove through a bunch of triceratops with a a, a snow plow and they just go flying into the air and it's just absurd and ridiculous but so much fun because it it, it you, you hear how excited i am you're having fun i'm having fun like look jurassic park on genesis and like rampage edition that was fun that game was tough but it was cool. It's like, oh, you, you take your time a little bit, like, and you get to play as the raptor. Oh, you could be a little stocky and stealthy, or you could be Grant and like, oh, I got some, I got some rockets or a dart gun. I gotta sneak this way and then go that way. This is an arcade game. The sole purpose was, like, it it, it did. It truly overwhelmed your senses. You're physically rocking back and forth. It's loud as hell because the speakers are in the box. And the monitor is right in your face, and you got a big joystick, and you got dinosaurs coming at you. Right. And it's Jurassic Park in 1994, like right off the bat. Like, does everything an 11 or 12 year old kid would want in an arcade is to play this. And I remember this was one of those ones where you stand there and just waiting and waiting. And the, the, the worst thing that can happen is you see the kid die, and the next thing you know is. Like okay, my turn, my turn, my turn. Yank, and the little fucker pulls another dollar out of his pocket. Little like, fucking shit. dickhead. Yep, and just stand there. Or the wor even worse is he's done, and he's sitting there, and it's counting down. It's like three, two, and mommy comes over and gives him money. Little fucking Fuck. asshole. Yep. It's not gonna get you far in life, kid. Mommy's not always gonna be there to give you one dollars to keep playing Jurassic Park. One day, someone's going to come up behind you, and it's going to feel like a raptor fell out of the sky. <laughs> and that's not going to be your mommy, kid. It's going to be me. Squeezer. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the, the voice. That's fine. That's, that's when the other raptor comes at you. Not from the front. But from not the from side. the side. Not from the other side, but from underneath and from above and from behind you and in front of you and every fucking... Uh, Air raptors, goddammit. <laughs> Air raptors. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's like it's like someone's just standing with a raptor gun just shooting raptors at you. Yeah, well, I mean, John Hammond could have created a fucking raptor gun. You don't know. Probably. That's what we need. To, that That's the next... Uh, that's the future. Bullets can only do like you fire one bullet, it hits a wall, and it's done. But you, you fire a raptor at someone, yeah. Grass is grass. Yeah. 
And I'm going to smoke it. God damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for my last pick. So when I told you I'm doing Down the Clown Squeezer, I thought this game was an arcade game that existed when I was a kid, even though I don't remember playing it. This game only has existed since 2014. Oh, when you said Down the Clown, I thought you were talking about like the skee-ball shooter game. No, you're talking about Knockdown, which was at the far end of Showbiz Pizza in the right hand, the back right-hand corner. When you walk in to the right in the back corner... Yep. It was yeah, called little, you, you launched the ski ball. The knockdown. So you had like you had like your gun. You sat down on the stool, and there was three rows of fuzzy guys that you shot little ski balls. That was called knockdown. You got nine balls for twenty five cents, and there was nine little fuzzy guys, and you had to shoot them all down to get uh, uh, the little tickets, coupons. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is down the clown, which also has fuzzy fuzzy clowns. And there's a row at the top with 30 points each, a row in the bottom with four guys, there's three, and there's four guys in the bottom, 20 points each, and five guys in the lower level, 10 points each, and you throw the balls at them. And uh, mm. I, we were playing it this weekend at Dave and & Buster's, and Enchantress and I love Down the Clown. But yes, Knockdown was a little alien shooting game you played all the time at Showbiz Pizza and later Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, but it, yes. it caused me to look up Knockdown because I'm like, wait a minute. That's what I was thinking of. And you sh- that's a shooting game. You go, and it's like a, it's maybe not a ski ball. It's maybe a rubber ball or something, but you shoot it out like an air cannon. It's, yeah. It's like something you play on like a Nickelodeon game. And so it's yeah. so advanced. It's really fun. Uh, but yes, down the clown. I have nothing uh, other than uh, <laughs> knockdown was pretty simple. There was nine clowns. You had nine balls. You had nine, nine little fuzzy guys and nine balls. And you had to get them all to get the most amount of tickets. Hmm couldn't miss one that's it squeezer we did a whole uh two hours on talking our kids again uh there was a little uh little uh getting off the rails but we've pretty much just a little it was a real uh, we got off the rail shooter right yeah we but you know to be fair uh we pumped some quarters in it and kept it going just like jurassic park yeah yeah uh we are speaking of jurassic park we got Jurassic Park. Yeah, you're about to say, oh, shit, what are we talking about <laughs> next week? But don't worry, Squeezer. I have it on hand because I am a sweet boy who knew. Uh, yes, you are. Yes. So uh, TV season finales is next week, which Ooh, is a whole new topic that we haven't talked about Se- before. Season finales or series finale? Either or. See, it's I said season finale, so it could be season. Oh, that's a good. series yeah. finale is a season finale. Okay. Okay. Um, or series finale is a season finale, I should say. Yes. Yes. Uh, retro fast food and restaurants four on five twenty five six one. We're talking CDs and tapes we had as a kid, and then our six eight show is everything Jurassic Park, and uh, we still have to figure out what the fuck we're doing this summer because the next week squeezer we have to we have to probably tape early because we are leaving for Penn State that Wednesday. Wait, already? Yeah, the on the week after six eight. Oh, oh, you mean like what you just listed? Like yeah, that. 
Like not next week. That that week. No, no, no. Yes. We have TV seasons now. Yeah, we're TV, TV season finales. Retro mm-hmm. fast food and restaurants for CDs, tapes we had as kids. Jurassic Park show two, and then the following week, which is seven days after six eight, which is six thirteen. Right? Whatever. We will be on Tuesday night doing whatever we're talking about early because we will be at Penn State doing uh, softball squeezing. Gotcha. Um, but other than that, we'll have our full summer schedule out. Check out radiers.com. Email me, rk at radiers.com. If you want to say, tell me how much I suck, email squeezer at squeezer at radiers.com and tell him what a sweet boy is. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us and hit the little bell to get notifications when we go live on YouTube. And other than that, uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody. Bye.